This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 320 with Lori Kennedy. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 320. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. And now I get to tell you about our special guest today, Lori Kennedy. I've known Lori for, oh gosh, has it been like almost 10 years now? It seems like a long time. But we have done a lot of learning and growing together. And we met when we were in a business mastermind together. She had just, I think I was newly pregnant and she had maybe just had her second child. And so both of us were at these like hyper vulnerable times in our life. And we just totally connected and hit it off. And we moved on from that group but we stayed connected and we've done some really interesting parallel things. I'm going to tell you one of the things I most admire about Lori Kennedy that I will never forget. She said to me a number of years ago, and I can't remember if she said this to me directly or I heard her talking like to a larger group about it, but she said that she wanted to be on other people's stages and no one was making room for her. She like wasn't being invited to speak at events or anything like that. She was a nutritionist with a private practice at the time. And she was like, I wanted to be like doing all these cool speaking events that I saw other nutritionists and other health people doing and no one was inviting her. And so she made her own stage and she built her own live event, which has turned into like this big, huge thing. I believe she hosts it up in Toronto every year. And I'm just totally blown away by the work that she's done and how successful she's become over the last 10 years or so. 
And when I have thought about what I want to do with my work and the impact that I want to have, I often think of Lori because I was not being invited to be on the stages I wanted to be on for many years. And I was like, I want to do these cool things that all these other people are doing. And so I built my own stage, literally inspired by Lori Kennedy. I created my podcast so that I had a place to speak into a microphone because no one else was inviting me to speak into a microphone. I'm now hosting Shameless MomCon, my own live event, because people aren't inviting me to speak at theirs. And I honestly don't have time to like go research what are the best ones to speak at. So I'm just creating my own. And this is largely inspired by Lori's work. So she's just someone who's really impacted me. I have so much respect for her. And we also just totally connect on being shameless moms together. So I'm very excited to introduce you to her. So Lori Kennedy is the founder and the CEO of the Wellness Business Hub, which provides professional training and personal development for health practitioners looking to grow and build their online businesses. She's also a mom and a lover of all things related to coffee. Her two foundational programs, the Wellness Business Academy and the 10K Success System, are growing a powerful community of health leaders who are transforming the way healthcare is done all over the world. So here's the thing. I did not invite Lori to come on here to talk about her business. So I wanted her to come on because when she came on the show the first time, we did talk about her business and how she's grown her business and how she's created such a powerful place for people who have health businesses to learn and grow. So if you fit into that category, I definitely want you to go check out all of her stuff. But I really wanted Lori to come on and talk way more about motherhood this time. So this is her second time on the show, like I said, and I wanted her to come on this time to talk about her personal experience as a highly sensitive person, which is an HSP and is an empath. And she's also raising highly empathic kids. So you might think I'm speaking in a different language right now. So bear with me. I want you to listen to this interview because I think you're going to learn a ton and you're going to get some really great insights into people in your world who might be highly sensitive people or highly empathic people. And this will help you learn how to connect with them. Or you might have like a holy cow moment where you're like, wait, like I am that person that Lori's describing, and this is going to blow your mind. So Lori is always such a thoughtful sharer of her knowledge and her wisdom. And this conversation is no exception. I want you to listen in to hear Lori share how she recognized that she's a highly sensitive person and an empath, which she identified as social anxiety for many years until she learned more about herself, how she protects her energy while running a massive business how she works around being contained in small spaces and crowds, how she conserves energy for the right people and the right time, why she takes pride in her very firm boundaries, the best trick to turning around a hard day or a hard morning, how to see your children's empathic tendencies, and how to create space for empathic kids to process and release. This is a really fascinating conversation. Lori is a spitfire, so I know she's going to keep us on our toes. So with all that said, let's go ahead and dive in with Lori Kennedy. Lori Kennedy, welcome back to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so, so excited for this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I feel like it's our annual interview. (laughs) You came on my show, then I went on your show. (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it because we have so much to talk about. I know. And I should tell the audience, you reached out to me about coming on the show to talk about raising empathic kids. And I was like, oh, and let's also talk about like ourselves and our own as women and high achieving women and maybe perfectionistic type identifying women. Diving into all that for ourselves, I think will be really good too. So this is going to be really fun. And I might be exposing myself a little bit in this conversation. I love it. I will pull it out of you for sure. (laughs) Yay, I can't wait. (laughs) So before we dive into all that, tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. 
So the dynamics beyond my bio is I'm just a person. I'm trying really hard these days to not identify as a title. I'm trying really hard to just be Lori and figure out who that is and what that is and what that looks like in my life. Because the last decade has been interesting to say the least. And we can get into that a little bit later. The thing that I'm most excited about right now is really that, you know, for me, the future, it's not told yet. Like, there's so much opportunity out there. And that really excites me. I had to redo my passport not too long ago. And I chose the 10 year like renewal period. And I was like, Oh, my God, I have no idea what my business is going to look like, what my personal life is going to look like, where I'm going to be living, like, in 10 years from now, which I think is pretty opposite to most people, like they have a job, they have like, not that I don't have stability, but I think I have a different kind of life than most people. And I think differently than most people. And so that is what I'm actually most excited about right now beyond work and all the normal sort of day to day things. I love that. And I'm curious for people listening, if they identify with that, or if they're like, Oh, I don't want to think about the things I don't know. Because I think that that can be the more comfortable response is like, in 10 years, everything will just be the same. <laughs> I would be so bored and so disappointed if in 10 years, everything was the same. Right, right. So I feel like I used to be the kind of person who wanted everything to stay the same forever because that's mm-hmm. kind of what was modeled around me. And this actually came up recently in a conversation with my business coach where she was like, you don't want to commit to anything. And I was like, I know because I feel like everything is like a life sentence. She's like, what are you even talking about? Like you can change it all tomorrow. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) Thank you for that permission. And that makes everything really exciting that like anything I commit to, it's just for right now. It's not necessarily going to be the same in a year or in five years or 10 years. And that actually feels really free. Or even in like 10 minutes. Yeah. You can change your mind 10 minutes later. Right. Right. It's okay for things to be experimental (laughs) and then figure them out from there. I love it. So you recently started talking, I noticed this on social media, probably six months ago, you started talking more publicly, maybe longer than that, because I think we all live in a time, time warp, weird. but yeah. you started talking more publicly about your identity as an empath and a highly sensitive person. And mm. I am trying to remember, I actually had a solo episode and I said something along the lines of a lot of people in the self-help space, I hear identifying themselves as empaths. Mm-hmm. which feels disingenuous to me in the, like <laughs> just some of the context that I was hearing and feeling. And so my take on that was like a lot of people are just taking on a lot of other people's stuff when they don't need to. And that's just poor boundaries. And so the more I started like listening and learning more closely as a couple, like really highly regarded mentors of mine started talking about this, I was like, Oh, maybe that was kind of judgy. And maybe, <laughs> that, right. And maybe I'm kind of missing a lot of what this is. And also maybe I fit into this category. So can you talk about like sharing your identity as an empath? What does that even mean? And as a highly sensitive person, what does that look like for you? Well, I'm going to go back to sort of the beginning. And so throughout my early years, like elementary school and all of that, I felt things so deeply and they stayed with me and they felt so real and so heavy. And I didn't understand what that was. And I saw like my other peers sort of, you know, brush things off or just like, not let it literally like destroy them, like gut them. Mm. And things people would say to me would like gut me. 
And I never understood what that was because I was little and my parents like, oh, you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And as I was growing up into like teenage years, I thought I had social anxiety disorder. And I really didn't understand why it was hard for me to like be in crowds of people and to be amongst certain kinds of people. Like I could feel it physically. It would come out in other ways. Like my throat would hurt. Okay. Or like I would feel certain things and I never understood the biggest sort of effect that I had was that I really thought I had social anxiety disorder. Like it was really hard for me to be in public settings. It was really hard for me to be in closed spaces with people. I do not take public transportation. Like it was really hard for me. And that was more of me being like a highly sensitive person. I'm super sensitive to smells and sounds especially when I'm tired, like I can't handle any external stimulation. Mm. Even, you know, my kids know, like, sounds are just, I can't, like (laughs) any sound doesn't even matter. Like if you're breathing too loudly, you're going to need to leave the room. (laughs) Which kids are so sympathetic about, right? (laughs) They are, but then they also know how to trigger me. So like my son's like tapping the fork and I like (laughs) throw it against the wall. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because I'm like, sounds, you know? This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. But that would be me more being highly sensitive. The empath part, which I've very much dug into with like therapists and all of that stuff is my ability. The only way that I can describe it, and maybe you're going to think I'm crazy and that's okay, is my ability to intuit and feel somebody else's like truth subconscious. And then I can speak it to them with so much freaking clarity that it scares the crap out of them. Mm. And So when people are being disingenuous, when people aren't really telling the truth, when I'm in conflict, when I walk by someone, like everybody has energy, right? So I think we can agree that like everybody has energy. But for me, it's at a whole different level because I can really feel everything that they're suppressing or are not even suppressing and they're so happy. I feel that. And then I can verbally communicate it to them with clarity. So it's this weird ability for me because sometimes people aren't ready to hear what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're not even aware of it. And that's hard for me when I'm in relationship with anyone. It doesn't matter whether it's clients or a friend, a mother or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I can feel what they're not saying and I can feel the blocks and I can feel the happiness and the sadness and the joy and all of that. And I have to figure out how to modulate that for myself and for themselves. So when people are like, oh, you're being so empathetic, it's not sympathy. It's the type of deep validation without giving suggestion or recommendation, Mm -hmm. because I can genuinely feel what's going on for them. Yeah. And I've learned how to not jump in and be like, well, you should do this and you should do that because that's guiding and that's not my job. That makes sense. It also sounds really exhausting to always feel everyone else's stuff. It is. And (laughs) it totally is. And I think for a long time, because I didn't know what that was for me, it was exhausting. And to be totally honest, like it made me, I was like super inflamed because I took on everybody's stuff. So energy, like it has to go somewhere. It can't be created or destroyed. So if you feel something like that's energy, And so it has to go somewhere. And so I didn't understand how to release what was happening. And so it created like crazy inflammation for me and like digestive system issues. I mean, listen, I'm also type A and I work a lot. So let's not (laughs) admit that. 
yeah, which I'm excited to dive into that piece that. as well. But go, go ahead. You know, like, let's not dismiss that part. But at the same time, like, I knew that I was carrying other people's stuff around. And I had to learn, like, actual strategies of how to release it. And how to not let it consume me in the first place. Right. So how did you start to identify? Was there like a turning point where you started recognizing, oh, wait, I don't have social anxiety. I actually think it could be that I'm a highly sensitive person and that I'm an empath and I'm super intuitive and all these other things. Right. So it all started when I was about 19 and I had crazy digestive system issues and I went to see a naturopathic doctor. And so she was talking to me about something called candida and leaky gut, which we don't have to go into. But anyway, that's what I had. And I did a healing protocol for a year. And so during that time, I would communicate with her because I didn't understand like so sensitive to smells, so sensitive to sound. And part of that was my gut issues for sure. But when I healed my gut, a lot of those things didn't go away. (laughs) And a lot of my nervousness, like For me, anxiety is different. I feel anxiety, I think, different than I describe nervousness. Nervousness is like I'm nervous because it's energy. Anxiety is like running thoughts in my head, Mm -hmm. right? Like long running thoughts that are not rational. But nervousness, I mean, I feel anxiety in my body too, for sure. But nervousness, I felt different than I felt anxiety. And so I was like, what is this feeling? And she said to me, she's like, oh, maybe you're really sensitive. Like you're a really sensitive person. And she gave me some books to read. This was your therapist? This was my naturopath. Oh, the naturopath. Okay. Yeah. And it was just about like being, I don't even remember what the books were called to be totally honest, but I remember that she started, you know, being psychic and like, you can hear things. I don't hear things. I feel them and then I can verbalize them. So like there's different type of abilities and like just very woo at the time, Mm -hmm. but really it comes down to just energy. So over the years, I've developed this skill, I guess, which sometimes works in my favor and (laughs) sometimes not. Were you open to it when she suggested this? Were you like, no? Oh, totally. It like, I was like, yes, it immediately resonated with me 100% because it explained everything. Mm. So no longer was I actually crazy. Like, cause for me, I'm like, I grew up thinking I was crazy. Like I mm. grew up thinking I had social anxiety disorder. I couldn't be around people. Like what was wrong with me? Like it explained and very much validated yeah. the way that I felt my whole life. I felt totally different, you know, like for any of us who are living our purpose, I had been doing that since I was in grade one, I was bullied, I this and that. I was always different. Mm. And so the attributes and the characteristics that I had were very much explained. And I was like, oh, okay, there you go. So I was like, okay, well, if I don't have social anxiety disorder, like, what do I do so I can function optimally in the world? Because otherwise, like, I can't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, so that was my next question. So then I think there's so much freedom and power and knowledge. So once you know these things, like what a relief. Now you feel like you can do something about it. So how did you start right. managing this? And I mean, I just imagine you had a lot of awareness around boundaries and protecting yourself. Well, so I work on and off with different like energy mm-hmm. therapists. So like a Reiki practitioner and people who have taught me skills in how to like guard and protect myself and how to release energy 
And then I also just don't go to the places that I know really trigger me. Mm. Like I do not go in public transportation, not for any other reason, but because it's a very small enclosed space with a lot of people who are mostly not happy. Yeah. I'm curious because like a lot of people will be like, oh, that's claustrophobia. And before you mentioned social anxiety. So I'm just wondering how many people are walking around with like a laundry list of diagnoses of sorts that really like they might be highly sensitive. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, like I can be in a really closed space by myself and not freak out or with a loved one or Mm -hmm. with like, you know, I can be in an elevator with a stranger and be fine. It's just when there's so much energy in an enclosed space that there's no open airflow. Mm -hmm. Like I know what it is. It's open airflow. Mm. Like, right. So if it's, let's just say a subway car or a bus, right. I've had to figure out how to be on planes. I was going to ask you about flying. Yeah. So flying is like a whole thing for me. So I usually upgrade so that there's more space. Okay. So I have a little bit more space. And I just like do my thing. Like I know that I'm there for three hours. I try and get the aisle seat. So I have an out, like I have a very hard time sitting in the middle because then I'm enclosed with other people's energy, literally. Right. So either I sit on the window because still there's nothing on the other side. Yeah. Or I sit on the aisle. So I have that out, like I need the out. And maybe you would be like, yeah, you're crazy. It's just claustrophobia. Sure. Maybe it doesn't feel like that to me because I can be in small spaces for long periods of time. I totally see the difference. Right. Uh, Yeah. And also I have headphones in the whole Mm. time. So for me, like I have headphones in, I'm listening to stuff or I'm working, I'm distracted. And I also know enough now, but flying used to give me so much anxiety and I couldn't understand why. And then I would be exhausted and I'm like, oh, because there's you know, however many hundreds of people in this little tiny enclosed space. And they're also anxious because we're all <laughs> on an airplane. Right. <laughs> so it's like a ball of anxiety. Right. Flying oh, yeah. through the air at 400 miles yeah. an hour. <laughs> and so, but it's also the knowing, like, I know that that's what it's going to be like mm-hmm. because everybody else is somewhat anxious. We're on an airplane. You can't right. be a hundred percent calm on an airplane. Right. Right. Not in this day and age. So I just surrender to the fact that there's going to be a level of tension and I do my thing and I have essential oils and I listen to music and I have stuff in my ears and it's, I protect myself as much as possible. Okay. So the next question is about protection as well. How do you protect yourself yeah. from people? Like your day to day, like, <laughs> so I don't, you, you run a massive, <laughs> you run a huge business. Yeah. Although I'm recognizing now that you have it set up in a way where probably you have more control than the average person over how and who you interact with. Yes. And that hasn't always been, but it's very much so now the case. Tell people a little bit uh, about like the structure of your business. Okay. Yeah. Like what you do, the structure of your business sure. so that they can understand where you're coming from. Okay. So we work with alternative health practitioners of all different designations. So like naturopaths and health coaches and personal trainers and all that, all the different types of like alternative health professionals. And we have an online business. So we provide online courses and consulting and coaching to help, you know, the newbies coming straight out of their designations to people, you know, in running six figure online businesses and everything's online. And we do interactive coaching via like Zoom and video conferencing. And we very much engage, but everything is at like arm's length. I do live events. We have multiple different live events throughout the year. 
And I love interacting with my clients. You know, if I had to choose to spend time with anyone, it, it would likely be my clients. And the reason is, is because I've constructed my business and my brand in such a way that I attract people who resonate with me. So they're not draining. And everybody mm. has the issues. But I attract people who understand that A, I'm a highly sensitive person. They are too likely. And we have a culture so much so that we don't really accept or tolerate any of the stuff that drains my energy, like crazy excuses or whining or whatever, like anything that would really drain me where I would feel that they would have negative energy because that would bog me down. And so we've created a business in such a way that it fosters positivity and growth. And even when you're in like the dark and stormy bits of your life, it doesn't feel the way that somebody who's like victimy would describe it. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm, like, totally. it's not like that. And so we've been able to really do that with so much intention. And the more clear I get and the more clear my team gets, the, I don't want to say better quality, but like the clearer our communication is to attract those people that we want to spend time with. I was just going to say, I love this so much because I think it's such a perfect example of building a business that caters to your strengths rather than just building a business because you saw someone else do it a certain way. And you know, you and I have been mentored by some of the same people. And I think it's not that it's easy, but it's convenient to model your business after what you see your mentors doing and be like, oh, well, they did this and they got a lot of money and built a successful business. So I should do that. And I think that I love that you've been so intentional to be like, okay, well, they did this thing and that worked really well for them. So I'm going to take like these lessons from it and then build something yeah. that works for me and be really intentional around building the thing that speaks to your strengths and also protects you from the things that would absolutely ruin your energy. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for learning the framework and then applying it. Like what you said, like we learned the framework and now we're applying it through our own lens. Yeah. Doing it. We're not doing it the exact same because we're not the same. We're not the same people. You and I aren't even the same. I mean, if you were to boil down our business models, they're pretty much the same, (laughs) but how we do it and who we're working with and who we're attracting is totally different. Mm. I was laughing when you were talking about building community and being so conscientious around people being really positive. Because when I decided to do a free Facebook group, I was like, this is going to suck everything out of me. And I just anticipated this place where like, everyone would just come and complain about how hard it is to be a mom. And not because I think that my audience is like a bunch of whiners, but I just thought like that could easily be the tone that this environment takes on because there's a lot to complain about. Like, but it's not like that at all. Like, so people, I mean, I did say no whining in the like rules of, of engagement for the group, but it's amazing how, where you like set a standard for attitude and positivity and those kinds of things that people will rise to that. And then yeah. it fuels everyone and it feels really good. And I've actually made recommendations with different guests and stuff saying like, oh, this guest has this other group over here for moms. You should go check it out. And people will come back to me and be like, I can't do that group. It's like high drama yeah. or it's negativity or it's whining right. or whatever. And so I kind of like unconsciously <laughs> built something that had to fuel my need for like things that can totally. energy Same. I can't take on Same. everyone's negativity. Same. I just want to go back to one of the other things because I think it'll be really helpful for your listeners. Like, so the way that I think about my life and just my day to day is every day I wake up and I have 10 units of energy. 
And depending on how the morning goes with my kids, I might walk into my work day with one unit left. Right, totally. That might be how my day goes. And so knowing that, I've had to be really, really choosy about everything else that I do. So my social events and my friends and where I spend time and what shows I watch. And like I guard and protect my energy so much because I know I love my kids, but we're being honest, like I might go into my day with like a unit of energy because they woke up at 5.30 and they were fighting until they went to school at eight, right? That's like 8.30. That's like four hours, (laughs) you know? It's four hours. And so because of that, I've structured my work days and I also am okay with canceling things because I know that I won't show up with the kind of energy that I should show up with. And so if it comes down to it, like I'll cancel because I would rather do that and then reschedule and show up when I'm good than begrudgingly show up. And so I'm sharing this because I think it's important for us. Like it took a long time for me. Like I'll leave parties early. Like I don't care. Do you care sneak anymore. out? Like, I totally sneak out. No, nah, <laughs> I don't even sneak out. I'm like so <clears throat> proud. And this has taken a long time, like a long time. Right. But I'm like so proud of my boundaries mm. because I think it sets an example. Yes. Because so I love many that. people... I can't like so many people, especially moms, feel this need to like go along with the things to be like, oh, you can't leave before 11 or oh, everybody's drinking. So I need to drink or oh, like just to go along with it. And I'm like, no, man, like if that's not good for you, bail at 10, like, you know, and honor that. Because then everybody else is going to wake up feeling like crap the next day and you're going to wake up and you're going to rock your goals. You're going to do whatever it is that you do. And you're not going to be annoyed with yourself. Right. Do you and have oh, go ahead. a long time to get there. It's taken me a long time. I would imagine. But I also think you get that affirmation every time you set the boundaries, every time you do the thing you need to do to take care of yourself, you get like this validation that like, okay, like that's what I really needed to do. And that felt good. And now that means I can do it again. Do you have yeah. refueling activity or like, so I'm, let's go back to the example that you gave, which is such a perfect example for this audience of having a really hard morning with your kids and you get them to school and you're like, I'm done. Like I've used all of my energy for the whole day and it is 8.15 or 8.30 or whatever. Right. right. Do you have, cause I've had those mornings too. Do you have like go-to activities or routines that like refuel you or re-energize you? So the easiest one that I can suggest, and I learned this from Tony Robbins and then Brendan Burchard is to change your state. Mm -hmm. So physiologically, like you, and for me, I think about it as I have to shake the energy out. Like I literally have to change my state. And the best way to do that is to put some music on and dance it out. And, you know, it's funny because I remember watching Grey's Anatomy with Meredith and Christina and they would dance it out. Yeah. And then I learned from Tony Robbins, you have to change your state. I'm like, that's what they were doing. So funny. They were changing their state. They were dancing it out. And so I dance it out. When my kids are fighting, sometimes I'll blast the music and I'm like, stop talking and just dance. <laughs> Literally, into, like mid fight, I'll be like, Shh, stop. And I'll blast like Taylor Swift or like one of the songs that I know that they like. And I'll be like, don't speak, just move your body. 
because they also feel things and need to get the energy out. instead of annoying each other. They need to get the energy out. So that's super simple. I mean, the other thing is I go to the gym after I drop my kids off every day. Like I literally mm. drop them at school and I go to the gym. I like that. Um, I know not everybody can do that. So right. the easiest thing is like car dance, dance it out in your car on your right. way to work. Like you need a song that can shift your physical state. I love that. I think that's such a great tip. And I'm laughing because Amy Porterfield was just talking about that this morning on a podcast episode. Oh, okay. And so that's what I was going to say. I was like, oh my gosh, I, this is the second time today. Now I've heard the dance it out. <laughs> and and yeah, she's, yeah. she used to work for Tony Robbins as well. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your kids because you are working with your kids who sounds like they have similar temperaments and you're helping them find their power now with all of this. And I want to hear about that. Yeah, it's been really interesting. So I have a daughter who's 10 and a son that's seven and I'm divorced and my ex-husband is the opposite of me. So although he understands energy and all of that stuff, but doesn't resonate at all with this. And so when my son was little, he wouldn't go to birthday parties. He couldn't be in loud spots. If we were having like a family dinner, he would like go upstairs and be by himself. And so I started to notice really early on that he was highly sensitive to light and sound and crowds and energy. And like, he would give himself time out. He would say like, I'm done. I'm going upstairs. And he was like two. Wow. And even now, like he's a hockey player. So we'll go to tournaments and stuff. And he'll be like playing in the hall with his kids. And he'll look at me and he'll be like, I'm done. I'm like, okay, let's go. And so with them, ever since they were little, I tried to get them to label their feelings. So if they were having like a meltdown, you know, when they were done having the meltdown, because I'm not trying to talk to them in the middle of like a throwdown on the floor. Right. But I would say, can you tell me what it felt like in your tummy? Because that's usually where you have feelings. And so they would say, I felt angry or like, I would try and explain to them. So like labeling, and I know you've done this with your son too, like yeah. labeling feelings has really, really helped. And then also to just creating a really safe space for them to be able to tell me anything, like whether that's they don't like going back and forth between houses without a reaction, like really removing my own trigger <laughs> and my own feelings and my own stuff and setting aside time every day, which usually happens at bedtime, which by that time I'm done. But now I just resign myself to the fact that bedtime's a freaking hour. Um, <laughs> because, and they're seven and 10, they're not babies, but that's when they talk to me. Mm. And for my son, I learned, and I don't remember what book it was, but I learned that boys usually communicate when they don't necessarily have to make eye contact with you. Yeah. And so for him, it's in the dark 
and he's not facing me and he will just vomit all the feelings. And so I've tried to teach them and explain to them, like, it's okay when you feel like that. And like, same thing like me, like what to do. So when you start to feel jittery or very like angry and you don't know why, like, here are some things you can do. And I've given them those skills. And for my daughter, especially she's 10 and she feels things so deeply and it creates a hard time for her at school with the other girls who are very, I don't want to say superficial in a bad way, but they are, they're very surface, Mm -hmm. right? And she is deep, my daughter, like, which is, and that's age appropriate for them, probably, you know, like, developmentally, that's fine. That's where they should be. But she has like this secret talent, basically, (laughs) like secret power. Yes. And so she dives into everything. And if they throw a marker at her, just she wants to know why. Like, what did she do? You know, like, she's just that kid. Mm. And so I've had to teach her there are certain things like she just has to let go, like actually how to do that. So she doesn't carry it because she'll still bring up things that happened to her, like in kindergarten. She's in grade five that like bother her, you know. So if you have a kid like that, who's like bringing things up over and over again, it's literally because they're sensitive. It's ingrained in them now and they don't know how to process through it. The feeling that she had in kindergarten is still with her. And it's just being brought up again and again in different scenarios, but it's the same feeling. And so giving her skills, whether it's breathing, or writing letters, like just the actions that she can do to release and process. Mm, I like that release and process. I'm putting this in my notes. So one of the things that I was laughing with your bedtime comment, because I totally agree with the like in the dark, no eye contact. And one of the things that we do, so Vinny has this bed that's raised up a little and it has like a little dresser thing under it and a little bookshelf thing under it. He's now decided he wants to sleep under it. And there's about 18 inches of like width for him to sleep in. And then for me to like hang out with him, I have to like get on the floor with like half my body, like sticking out the other end of the bed. It's like so annoying and awkward. Right. But I'm like, if this is what it takes, this is what I will do. If like, if this will make him talk about feelings. So we totally will like lay in there in the dark under the bed and this like tiny little space for him to talk about feelings and talk about, I mean, a lot of times he doesn't bring up things, a lot of feelings stuff on his own, but we do talk about things we're grateful for. And it's been really interesting to watch in just the last month or two, he started asking a lot more questions around like if I said two days ago, I had a stomach ache, he would ask me like two days later, is your stomach better yet? How's your stomach feeling? I'm like, how do you even remember that? It's been really cool to see. And I'm just curious how this is going to evolve and develop because I think he might be a feeler. (laughs) Totally. And I, you know, and I think that's amazing. And I think especially for boys, like my son is, he's an athlete, like he's going to grow up in the hockey world. And he's also a highly sensitive kid. And so far, it hasn't seemed to be an issue other than when the other kids on the team, like, take jabs at him, like that hurts his feelings as it would anyone. But it'll just be really interesting. So I'm trying to, you know, foster the fact that he's allowed to have feelings, and he's allowed to be upset. And he just to continue to praise him for when he does talk about his feelings, and when he does cry and really acknowledge that in him, because I don't want hockey to like beat that out of him <laughs> right? because it obviously could go that way. And he's a highly sensitive kid. There's, you know, it's interesting to even watch him. Like he will 
on his own say like I need a home day and he will sit in silence and just eat and do his own thing all day he needs quiet like he needs a day to himself it's interesting that he is attracted to hockey because I can't imagine anything more stimulating I know (laughs) like it's like physically visually like I imagine like light bright loud physical contact like all those things so it's so interesting it is interesting. And at the same time, I can actually for himself, because he is in motion, like since he was mm. born, he's been in okay. motion. And so for him, he needs to be physically in motion okay. to get his energy out or he like, I tell like, he's a combustible child. Like he combusts. <laughs> like, he's not a kid to sit and play with Lego. He's never played with toys, like ever. He's never played with toys wow. unless it was a ball. So he won't sit and read a book like he won't do that. He is a kid in motion. So just even knowing that he's highly like that makes sense to me. Okay. Just because it's so much energy like he needs to be in motion. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think which is is exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think that what I was initially thinking when you talked about children being really empathic as I was imagining like this much more like subdued, quiet, not super active. So I love that you're bringing this up because I think there's probably a lot of people listening who are like, oh my gosh, you just described my kid 100%. And this might really help you recognize some things that might be going on and ways that you can be supportive of the gifts that your child was born with rather than always trying to shift them or point them in a direction that maybe is counter to what they are innately. You know, what's interesting, as you said that I just want to share one more thing, because it was a huge aha for me. And for any of you that are listening that have kids like that. So my son never wore socks or shoes, like he Mm. needed his feet to the ground at all times, even still, like he comes home, socks off, shoes off, feet to the ground. And the other thing was he always slept with a pillow or a blankie or a stuffy on his head, like not on his head, covering like his crown, like Mm. touching the crown of his head. And so when I was working with energy therapists and stuff, I asked about that. And he was on his own trying to ground himself. That is So, so he on his own was trying to, from his crown to his feet, he is constantly barefoot, constantly. Wow. And it's so interesting because I was like, that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. right? Like that makes so much sense to me. And so just be observant. Like if your kid likes really fatty food, like they're trying to ground themselves, Right. If your kid like wants to sit on the floor all the time and like or maybe like your kid's a climber, so they need grounding, like just start paying attention to that because it means something. Yeah. 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 And also, I think if you are not sensitive yourself or empathic or intuitive or anything like that, I think it can be really challenging to see that in your kids. And for sure, instead, you just look at it like as annoying things. <laughs> My kid does I mean, these things. Listen, just I me still all. look at it. I still look at it as annoying. Like, let's just be honest. Like, I, can you sit down for five minutes? Like, it's exhausting. Yeah. But at the same time, like, in order, I know that my job as their mother is to, you know, they were given to me to figure this out. Like, he is my greatest mm. challenge in life, my son, for sure. <laughs> Hands down. For sure. My daughter, I get her. Like, mm. we're the same person. I get her. But he is my greatest challenge in life. Oh, interesting. Well, it sounds like he has a lot of things similar to you, but also like on the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of, or like, or that they yeah. manifest opposite, maybe? maybe that's They what... manifest opposite, but it's, yeah, but I mean, it's patience. It's right. all of the same. Like, it's just, you know, being my bet, like showing up in a way that I'm proud of and not yelling right. at him 
24 seven, you know? Right. I feel like we've talked about a lot of things like it's really hard in these ways and these are the things you have to overcome. So what would you say are the, some of the biggest gifts that you would identify with as being a highly sensitive person and or an empath? I think the biggest gift is that I'm compassionate and that started with judgment, but over the years, like much less judgment Mm. because I can feel people. And with that, I can have compassion for them. And I think the other biggest gift that it helps me to realize that so much of what we experience, it's not mine. Like this isn't my, you know, when you like, you think things are always your fault or like you take things on, like I know I can discern what's mine and what's other people's. And so it really helps me just to like walk more freely through life. Like you and your bad mood has nothing to do with me. Right. You and your judgment or you and your opinion or you were like, I'm good. Right. And so I think that, that really has been also that I don't have social anxiety <laughs> disorder. I mean, that's good. I still yeah. have anxiety, but right. you know, right. at least I can understand where the anxiety is mine. So I think those have been just, and also just really figuring, like, I think when you can figure yourself out a little bit more, like you just feel better. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to, I don't So at the beginning, I said I was going to out myself a little bit. I'm curious if this is relatable to you. So I think because I identify as like high achiever, control freak, type A, perfectionist, like all those things, listening to my gut and my intuition is not something that comes naturally to me because I think I've always been someone who's looking at like the teacher said to do these things in this order. So that's what I'm going to do regardless of how anything feels to me. And so achievement is always trumped feelings. And as I've gotten older and maybe a little wiser, I've let myself listen a little more deeply. And it's been really amazing what I have been able to see in other people. And I see things in myself as well, but what I've been able to see in other people by letting myself just sit in my intuition a little bit, rather than always just focusing on like achievement and motion and accomplishments and that like driven type A personality stuff. And I'm recognizing that in the conversations that I have now in talking with other people about their businesses. And you mentioned this in the beginning, like saying something to someone, they're like, oh my gosh, how did you see that? And I'm like, how did you not see that? Like, this is so obvious. And the things that you just told me, which has been really, really cool and really fun. So I'm curious if that hits home for you at all. You know what? I'm the same as you in the sense of like, I'm super ambitious and I'm super driven, but it's so interesting because I'm so the opposite in the sense that like, I only listen to my gut most of the time. Like, okay, 80% of the time I listen to my gut. The other 20 is because I see somebody else doing it and I Mm. think that they know better. And so I should do what they're doing. And someone must have like shut my gut down at some point. (laughs) Because I feel like I'm just now like, People say, you know, you just have a feeling. I'm like, no, but I am starting to identify with that more and more. And I have feelings about other people's stuff more than about my own often. Right. But I think that's also part of your personality. Like you're a rule follower. Like I am not, I am not a rule follower. I don't care what the consequences are. Like I actually don't care. And you do like, you would care. Oh, right. Breaking rules is so stressful. (laughs) Right. So like, I don't actually care if I don't want to do it. I'm not doing it. And like, I mean, unless it's going to have like detrimental consequences to someone else, I'm not going to do it. So I think that's just part of your personality. And I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And I was trying to look for a book and I'll look for it and then I'll give it to you after because there's a woman who I can totally picture her, but she actually has these like characteristics. And one of them I think is a rule follower. Like that's Mm. just part of a characteristic. And so for me, like I'm super driven and I'm ambitious But if my gut is not into it, I'm not doing it. 
Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. And on the same side, which goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, it's like, if I start doing something, even if I put loads of money into it, and I'm not feeling it, I'll just stop doing it. Which I would never do. (laughs) Right, right. Which is fine. Also fine. Not good, not bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a judgy thing at all. I'm just saying like, it's just so interesting. Yeah, Um, it's very interesting. But and it's because I've learned over the years that if I have an instinct about it, just to follow it. Otherwise, I'm like so miserable. (laughs) Yeah, this has been so good. So fascinating. I love digging into this. So I want to know before we go, I want to know in what ways you are a shameless mom. I am going to put my needs first, Mm. to be honest. My kids are older. It's easier. If you have little (laughs) kids, it's much harder. Yes. But at this point, like, I'm going to put my needs not before theirs, but I'm going to definitely sometimes put my needs before theirs. Mm -hmm. And that has to be okay. I am a person separate from my kids. Mm -hmm. And I have needs and I run a business and I have other people that need me. And sometimes my children are gonna take a backseat to that. Mm -hmm. And that has become okay. I love it. So tell people where they can find you and specifically for any of our entrepreneurial people or people in the health and wellness industry who might be interested in how you work with people. Let us know. Yeah. So you can find me the best places on Instagram. So I'm at Lori Kennedy Inc. and Lori's L-O-R-I. And you can basically just go to the wellnessbusinesshub.com. Anything that we have, we have different programs depending on where you are. If you're in the health industry and you're looking to start up or you're looking to scale, it really just depends on where you are. You can also DM me on Instagram and I'll guide you. But yeah, the wellness business hub, if we're in an open enrollment period for one of our programs, you'll see it there. But yeah, Instagram and that place. Awesome. This has been so great, Lori. I love having you here. Come back anytime. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.